0: Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. Um, I'm very excited. I have an announcement today. I am releasing an album. It is a concert album, which is a term I made up, but that's what I'm calling it. Basically, I recorded a Zoom show, a full hour long show I did over New Year's Eve of every joke I wrote in 2020. That's right. You may remember me talking about this last year, but I have now added that into a album. And it's called We're Still Doing This. Um, It's a live album recording. It is available everywhere for streaming and download April 1st. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, all of that. Uh, But you can pre-order it starting March 29th. If you're listening to this right now, you can actually go to TeresaLeeComedy.Bandcamp.com and click follow. It will be available there for pre-order as of the the time you're hearing this, um, because of the way Bandcamp and iTunes works, it's fine. I don't need to get into it, but the Bandcamp one is available earlier. And because of that, I'm also making the Bandcamp one a little bit cheaper. So feel free to buy it on iTunes or Bandcamp. But if you're like, why is there a price discrepancy? It's because iTunes take a, takes a bigger cut and they don't let you change the price. So... Bandcamp, you can buy that album, um, pre-order it right now. And I'm giving you a special code, okay, for my confidants. Of course, I got you, okay? Of course I do. Confidant is the code, okay? Use the code confidant, C-O-N-F-I-D-A-N-T, for 20% off the album, um, yeah, and the Bandcamp version, to encourage you to buy it there if you want to, um, it has comes with two secret tracks that are not available on iTunes versions, and they are actual recordings of me, um, just kind of like diary recordings of me talking to myself, stream of consciousness, um, during lockdown, I started doing that a lot, as you may have noticed on my Instagram, I like to talk about the singularity, where did these ideas come from, well, sometimes I record them and talk to myself so two tracks of unfiltered Teresa thoughts as well as a bonus track called Teresa's heart which is um, told in the point of view of my broken heart so that's all available on the Bandcamp version the iTunes ones does not have the unfiltered thoughts but it does have the Teresa's heart bonus track so you know you buy it wherever you want Um, if you don't have the money to buy it stream it that's fine I know it's hard times but if you uh, do want to buy it you will get those two bonus tracks so um yeah and you'll be supporting me and that will be fun for me uh so you could do that teresaleecomedy.com um you can see all the info there or teresaleecomedy.bandcamp.com um, or just wait till April 1st when it comes out on iTunes and Spotify. But uh, yeah, appreciate if you want to spread the word. I'm very excited. It's my first album. I know it's not like a real live album, but it's like in the theater, but it's on Zoom and it's material and it's fun. So I can't wait. Um, and okay, one more announcement. Um, you can still sign up for my OnlyFans, OnlyFans.com slash Teresa Lee. Uh, basically, as you all know, I have no full-time job now, so I'm doing a lot more of things on my own, like this album and only fans. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. I'm going to be putting out way more weird, fun things. Um, and The uh, final note about this episode, it is a rerun with Michael Swaim and I specifically picked this one because I recently was going back and listening to old episodes, you know, to get to know myself better and and maybe just like reevaluate things about my life, which is a thing I do in quarantine. But this episode I really loved um, and I recently caught up with Swaim and we were talking about just sort of like I don't know. I just found the way that he approached this conversation like so refreshing and so earnest and so honest. And I really, really appreciate that and value it. And I just really enjoyed this interview. So I wanted to share it again. Um, And also to remind you that Michael Swain will be one of my guests on Clubhouse this month for Congratulations, a new podcast I am doing on Clubhouse, which I'll eventually release on the podcast places. But for now, if you're on Clubhouse, follow us. Once a week, I check in with a friend for 15 minutes and we just share good news only and then we spend the last bit of time um, hyping up the audience so bring your good news as well if you want and we'll hype you up that's it enjoy this episode goodbye
1: can you can tell, her. You can tell-
0: This is Teresa, the host of You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where I have comedians confess a secret they've never told anyone. And I'm really excited for our guest today, a uh, good friend, uh, old colleague, former colleague from Cracks, Michael Swain.
1: Hello. Hi, Teresa. Thanks Hi. so much for having me.
0: Thank you for being here.
1: This is terrifying.
0: Is this, it is. Well, vul- <laughs> are you afraid of vulnerability?
1: Not as a general rule in fact I'm the kind of person who will try to make friends quickly with someone that I vibe with with by immediately by opening up way too them. much and being like <laughs> you know how you make the next level of friendship by me telling you like one of the saddest things that's ever happened to yes. me and then you do the same and people yeah. rarely respond. You
0: kind of burden people. Not burden, but in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, please, let me just dump my baggage on you and force you to connect to me. <laughs>
1: it does feel like you reach a new level of friendship when you've gone beyond small talk and talked about at least one real thing that was yeah. like a challenge in your life. Yeah. That's true. Um, but no, I I just try to stay really true to the premise. Mm-hmm. So these are, and I, I'm actually so open that there's most, most like, major secrets I've at least told someone. You've already told, yeah. So I tried to think of something, and I did, finally. Oh, good. That I've I'm literally excited. never told anyone because there's so many embarrassing aspects oh, that I'm I didn't so tell excited. anyone. Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, not
0: for your embarrassment, but I sometimes think in dealing with embarrassing things, like, it's mm-hmm. a way to move on. Because, I, I mean, for whatever reason, like, we'll hang on to things, even if they're small, yeah. random things. That's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then you don't address it. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. years later, you'll be like, ooh, I'm still cringing at that, but it's like such a little thing, you know? Yeah, I um, think this
1: definitely falls into that category. I think
0: I sort of talked about it on the podcast mm-hmm. about your guys' house that didn't end up going out, but the <laughs> one about when I, and I actually don't talk about it a lot, but uh, and just last week I talked about it on a show that was storytelling, but how mm-hmm. I asked a senior to Sadie Hawkins right as a freshman yeah. <laughs> by giving him a stuffed lion um, that I bought at the grocery store. And when I thought about it, like it was so embarrassing. I was like, "This is why I don't talk about it because it makes me cringe mm-hmm. to remember the feeling of like walking up to his locker, right? And like, here's a stuffed animal. <laughs> Will you go to Sadie Hawkins with me? I can
1: top that though.
0: Oh God. Okay, I'm excited. Wait, before we get to into, <laughs> oh. into that, I want to hear a good. Confession. Oh, that's
1: not this story i was gonna be super oh okay you've got a really well just it resonated with me because i engineer the ill-fated show you're describing (laughs) rough stuff and we are gonna re-record and get it out but uh it was a great episode and i hope you'll be able to fabricate the same level of like embarrassment yeah um but i just uh i remember now that you mentioned it that i was like wanting to tell you that the first girl i ever asked out i asked her out with a poem
0: uh-huh. that
1: i wrote on a piece of paper that i had drawn like roses and stuff Aww. all around and two wedding rings at the bottom oh my
0: god two wedding
1: rings and i gave her a sculpture <gasps> what that i made. Level were they? <laughs> just simple gold bands the eternity of <laughs> okay, our love a wedding, is enough actual
0: wedding ring not engagement yeah exactly
1: engagement. <laughs> and she was like this is super weird That's way too much <laughs> What are you doing oh my And god. I was just like I realized I was Imitating TV shows I think or Like yeah. practicing The big romantic gesture Cause yeah. you do
0: that As a kid You watch these like Movies where they're like You know They have to Yeah they have to fly Or they have to go to the airport And chase right. down the girl Or whatever So you're like Well if I, that's what I gotta do But you do it as a child And, and as a girl <laughs> I had a
1: crush on And we talked a few times And then I'm like What's the next step Obviously A there huge it. romantic gesture Yeah
0: Oh my god So she turned you down
1: uh initially this is a she's like i podcast. have some
0: notes on this po- poem i ended up
1: that. going out with her and marrying her and being with her for 10 oh, years oh wow okay and it was a terrible marriage so that's a whole oh, different a like whole topic story. well so though i mean
0: you visualize with those rings i guess but
1: i but that's a huge part of <laughs> we have a show tales from the pit and i'm definitely going to do an episode about that ill-fated marriage where it's like i think one of the reasons i got locked in is wanting to be what i thought I was like an A student sure. and also so I wanted to marry the first girl I dated and she was the first girl I dated.
0: You had this idea of what it was going to be so you kind of ignore any red flags that don't fit in the narrative. Right. The yeah. perfect
1: white guy life that was depicted <laughs> to me in media. Yeah. <laughs> but I've fallen off that
0: horse. Yeah, well, I think it's so good to <laughs> do grand gestures of love, but I do think as you get older, you... I mean, as a kid you do them and it is sometimes embarrassing, but I think you do them so that you, find the, you scale to the right balance because i don't even think it's bad to show love i think it's just there's an idealism about um expecting a lot out of someone that you don't know that could also be like oh in a way you're not seeing them for who they are because you're putting them in this box that of like this perfect thing so as an adult i think it's better to be like okay I see your flaws and like I have my flaws and I'm not gonna like show up at your door at 4 a.m but like I'll be there for you when you know like you don't get that job or whatever there's like highly
1: recommend that route yeah (laughs) Yeah. rather than like assuming you're in love because you're infatuated for the first time and you're in the midst of puberty and you're like this must be it
0: Someone said like the way you f- um, fall in love is usually the way you fall out of love. So if a relationship starts really fast, oftentimes a breakup is like really immediate. Like people fall out of love quickly too. I don't know if that's always true, but it kind of makes sense. Yeah, because yeah, it's so like it can go hot and cold. Mm-hmm. But if you slowly fall for someone over years, oftentimes it's like even if you end up leaving each other, it tends to be more amicable because you've gotten to know each other.
1: Right, for Um, real. Yeah. On the real vulnerable level, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, on the note of being vulnerable, I do like to start my podcast by asking my guests for a good confession Mm because not all confessions are scary and bad. Do you have something good you want to confess?
1: So I would say that the good confession is... Something I have never told anyone except people who knew just by being that close to me at the time is I sponsored a I used my allowance from age eight to 18 to sponsor a girl in the Dominican Republic oh, in that cool. program where you write letters back yeah. and forth named Silvania. And again, I have a thing with romanticization. And this is I don't know if this is good or reveals me as petty, but it's kind of Seinfeldian, I guess. Uh, I wrote her long Really like romantic, like not romantic in that sense, but I mean sure, like heartfelt. Yeah, but also now that I've, as I've grown as a person, I realize like kind of problematic white nighty Like, oh okay, you like, know, like things I'm are so great. You. Like I'll save you with my ten dollars a week. Yeah, <laughs> and uh wanting to know all about her and stuff, and it quickly became apparent with her letters back. And I highly encourage anyone to <laughs> use the sponsor a child program but nevertheless it became apparent with the letters back that she was filling out a form at school
0: oh okay like mad lib style because for me <laughs> yeah
1: exactly from ages 8 to 18 i would get like god bless you sir my favorite sport is soccer my favorite activity <laughs> is talking with friends
0: that's so funny
1: <laughs> no matter what i wrote and then i the seinfeldian aspect i guess is just that i will cop to a strong feeling when i because i did it from 8 to 18 and it like 15 i was like can i stop but i didn't feel that i could like i'd be immoral to stop right so i sponsored it all the way till she was 18
0: oh that's really nice yeah
1: and and aged out of the program i
0: thought you were gonna (laughs) say you continue to get more heartfelt this has a like almost like an exercise of like well i will just continue to lean into this while she continues to send me no the exact (laughs)
1: opposite in the beginning i would write like three page letters about like you know, I know that I can't change your life, but if it ever, if you're ever in the U.S., like yeah. I hope we can meet in the future and stuff. <laughs> and she would write back like, "My favorite sport is dancing in the community center." Oh,
0: <laughs> well, I hope she's doing well. I do I'm too. I'm sure you had a good, a positive effect good on look her life.
1: Good luck out there, Sylvania <laughs> Yeah.
0: So that's great. Well, that's a really nice thing you did. Sure. Um, very t- mildly, but very thank you. Mild- <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes you you know, will you come from a doesn't matter if your intention at first is I think the whole white knights white savior thing because that is a thing that you know gets criticized and I think for sure there are a lot of bad aspects to it because it implies just like privilege or whatever mm-hmm. but also it does I think ultimately come from a place of like wanting to help uh, of course, sometimes I get frustrated too. You, you see too many of it, like as a trend. You're like, right. everybody's going on spring break to take get their photos or whatever. But like, also, if it wasn't for making this trendy, maybe less people would go. So it's sort of this weird thing mm-hmm. where you're like, yeah, it's problematic, but also, it's doing good. It it's- might
1: raise awareness. Yeah, I don't think yeah. things are
0: always, uh, like all good or all bad.
1: Right. There was a good article about a study showing that slacktivism, quote unquote, like- has a huge impact. And whether you think it's like well, that person's just talking and not putting their money where their mouth is. A million people talking makes 10,000 people energized. Yeah. So there's something to it. I agree. That's true. And I'd like, whenever we get called like virtue signalers, I'm always like, <laughs> would you rather signal hatred? Like, I don't, yeah, what's better? That's true. Yeah, true.
0: And also, yeah, because it's like if you do a good deed, I always feel weird sharing good deeds, like if I donate, but then I do, I'll sometimes share it because I think, um, I've been I've seen other people sharing charities and that's made me mm. look them up, too. So I'm right. like, you know what? It does feel like this weird, like patting yourself on the back. But also it does drive people to then do totally. more good, even if it's coming from a competitive place. Like people <laughs> yeah, will be like, yeah. oh, I can't believe Teresa donated. Well, I can donate to you. I'm like, good. I hope I I hope I rile up your little competitive. Yeah.
1: Sylvania so dropped your name a lot when she wanted extra <laughs> cash to go out for the yeah, weekend. <laughs> like, Teresa writes me. Teresa gave letters. me a 50. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. Um, So I know you're a very open person already. Mm. I mean, we know each other and also you've talked about it. But um, what is like in your day-to-day life, like when you have things that are on your minds, do you have like a confidant or somebody you talk to? Uh,
1: Well, absolutely my girlfriend, Jennifer Moore. Um, But also I do think there's a dialogue with the audience and I try Mm -hmm. not to romanticize the audience. Like I'm well aware that they're strangers. Sure. Um, But as I think... I think therapists will tell you most credible therapists. Like there's an aspect to talking therapy. Like there are therapists who are essentially a wall and you're figuring stuff out yourself. Um, And I go to therapy, Mm -hmm. but also my art is definitely therapy. So I will try to, it's like, you won't necessarily get good advice back and you shouldn't trust advice (laughs) from strangers that's invasive into your personal life. But if you're an artist who feels like being vulnerable or even just, addressing the themes of whatever you're scared about or confronting in your art, I just find that it's a powerful introspection tool, the same way that therapy or like meditation could be. So, I definitely will write it down in some form. Yeah. And then read it and be like, "Oh, is that what I think?"
0: <laughs> do you find it's hard to like do you write with um now like that you've been so much in the spotlight with the like with, oh, what's the word I'm like, but like just the feeling of like, you know, it's going to go somewhere and be seen. Like, because I feel like now I get more self-aware, even if I'm like trying to journal, mm-hmm. a feeling of like, I'm watching myself, right? Like, oh, does this sound good? Whereas when I was younger, I used to just be able to like f- express. And now sometimes I feel like I'm blocked because I'm like, Oh that that's bad writing so then I like want to stop myself
1: yeah or edit it over mm-hmm. and over and then you wonder if it's as true to what if it's something coming from a powerful emotional place you're like did i edit it until it's like sanitized and it's not vulnerable right. anymore because there's always an aspect of absolutely and you and you it's okay to do this. Everyone does this and performers have to do this. You're also presenting the version of yourself that's useful for that piece of content. Sure, yeah. But then sometimes it's useful to be really raw and open, and it's up to the audience to be smart enough to differentiate or not not give a shit which is like real and which is exaggerated or fabricated or whatever. Yeah, I
0: think the audience is smarter than we think. Well, I mean most people are dumb, but yeah. just in general like when you hear someone talking about like a side of a story and you know that they're changing it, like we usually mm-hmm. can see through that kind of thing. So I think people know. Or y- y- I think also just um, I learn a lot by, about myself when I'm trying to process things by how I share it because if, if I am trying to cut things out of it, I think it informs me like, oh, that's this is the version I want to happen. So at least I know like aspirationally what I'm going for.
1: I think that's super important actually because I've found – yeah, so the first half would be like making my own art about what I feel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, uh, and it's true, like the further you get from it, like I look back at, and since you're, t- you're talking about people like looking over your shoulder figuratively, and I cannot write <laughs> when I have that feeling. So that's specifically why I think I'm most vulnerable in my prose short stories that no uh-huh. one reads. It's like the least popular thing I do. Um, and it is, it's a lot more freeing. But I think the other half of that that you're touching on is... I've immediately found that I reach insights super fast when I teach other people material oh, okay. or edit someone else's work or sure. even just provide feedback on someone else's work. So even though it's like, I don't know, I certainly have the thing, the artist thing where you're like, I want to be making my stuff. Yeah. Um, whenever I find the time or force myself to take the time or have the opportunity to work with a younger writer, or performer uh, who approaches me for any reason to like get advice you're right. Like when I say what I think, I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> what I think. I didn't right. even like elucidate that before I crystallize it. Yeah. I also about people definitely agree with the quote that most people I've met are smart or smart enough to follow. Sure. And be open minded and empathetic, but people are stupid. Yeah. Trends like <laughs> destroy everything. It's just mobs. For and,
0: sure. Yeah. And I like find myself falling into being stupid all the time. Like where I'm like, oh, I know why this is bad. But everybody else is on social media, so I'll do it. You right, know? and there's
1: other stuff you abstain from and feel moral about that other people are doing, but there's stuff that they don't do that they think. And right. that's why, like, we all have blood on our hands because you're all slightly <laughs> lazy, and that's why things could be better than they are.
0: I also don't think that... I think perfection is a myth because it's like, I think we live our lives trying to be, or to some degree, like, achieve this, like, settled feeling of, like, I've, I've actualized myself and done everything, but, mm-hmm. like that would also be miserable. Imagine imagine if today you could do like everything on your to-do list that you po- ever possibly wanted to become like quote unquote perfect in your mind. You would then be like I'm well, becoming
1: sexually aroused. Well what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, well now what? Like you're going to sit like let's sit, whatever your version is, sit in your house with your perfect relationship, totally. but then you can't move. Like you're like I'm I'm full. I just ate the best meal ever. I can't like yeah. what what do you do now? So I think um, I think we do need to have a little bit of space. Uh, obviously we'll try to get to a place where it's like perfection feels more attainable so that you're not unhappy. But And I
1: think, and I don't know if it's true, but it's like the thing that I'm, that I mostly believe now, but I change a lot. Yeah. Um, that you're supposed to forget about it and let it go and just sure. be present. Right. And that's, I can't do that either, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, someone says something, I mean, this is one of those dumb Instagram codes probably, but that I always try to think about when I'm unhappy with where I am is just like, mm-hmm. Uh, God, I don't remember the wordings, but it's the idea of like, instead of trying to, um, it's like uh, not trying to get what you want, but want what you have. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes there's things I have now that I maybe like five years ago would have like been like, I just, if I could just have this one thing, I'd be so happy. Like even having a dog. Right. I used to be like, I would just love to dog. have a dog. <laughs> yeah, I've got a great dog. I still love him and everything. But it's like, is my life perfect? Obviously not. <laughs> but when I remember there's things that I have now that I used to think like, that's going to change everything. Right. Then I remember like, oh, okay. So there's never going to be a moment where I'm like, I got it all. So instead of trying to get more, I should try to want the things I have. Like yes. imagine that the five years ago you, and then I wonder
1: thing. if you achieve <laughs> that if you'd be bored, but we'll find out one yeah. day. Maybe. Also, yeah, maybe Knock then that's just wood.
0: what death is. You just die when you you have it all.
1: I used to have a theory when I was a kid that I really believed almost religiously that there are infinite dimensions, yeah, uh, parallel dimensions, and that in each dimension only one person is conscious. And Whoa. they're living whatever <laughs> now universal you're talking path. About language. <laughs> they're living whatever universal path will ultimately lead them to full self actualization. And, like, huh. so, like, So it's, you're
0: the only conscious person right now.
1: I realize it's self centered in that like, way. I guess in Or the you, way, you are. <laughs> the but way if you look back it, the other way, I am. It's, like, it's the idea that I could live in a universe where all the suffering and everyone who dies and doesn't get justice. Is a lesson for me, but not really happening, which is totally bullshit.
0: sounds a little sociopathic. It is. But (laughs)
1: But then in every... But aren't all 12-year-olds. But then in Uh every alternate dimension, they're also getting that. Like, everyone gets It's a Wonderful Life for themselves. Oh, everybody
0: has a version.
1: And then at the end of your life, like, from everyone's perspective, you live 80 years or whatever, finally realize, like, oh, I i'm content and then in, like the veil drops and everyone meets and has a party and
0: has a party that's <laughs> yeah. really nice well the interesting thing about well, you're talking about consciousness i, I think about it a lot because I, I think you're right every kid thinks about this to some degree mm-hmm. probably writers think about it more but when i was a kid i used to wonder a lot what the the idea of an i was like like i the letter i like me
1: absolutely because
0: um there's a lot of like in your mind you think in first person but then i'm like well, everybody's thinking in first. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is, I'm getting too heady. No, but totally. Like, everybody thinks in first person. So who is, who is the main character? Like either nobody is, or maybe we are kind of all connected in some conscious mm-hmm. way because, like, all you know, talking about art, you read uh, a story that you connect to, and you're like, that's me. Yeah. But it's not you. But and I feels
1: real because you're definitely stuck. Like you only see the movie from this body. Yeah. So it feels real. But there's lots of times I don't think it's real, or like I feel sure. like I could be outside it. Or
0: have you ever read Roland Barthes' Death of the Author?
1: I don't know if I've read that one, okay. but I do love Roland Barthes.
0: Yeah, well, if you guys are listening, is that and the one
1: the where the six foot hamster walks into the classroom? <laughs> no, it's
0: a. Okay. It's, it's about. It's more of a. It's an essay that <laughs> really explores the, uh, the idea of the eye and oh, the, cool. the death of the death of the author who is the eye nice. in writing it because by the time you put it to paper it's not you it's really interesting it's super heady but if you guys like that kind of stuff definitely check it out um, yeah. i think there's translations i think it's in french but you the can't name's
1: know. so familiar i feel like i read it in yeah, college and you may probably it. it's a college thing
0: yeah um yeah well that's really interesting
1: <laughs> and that's my secret <laughs> that's your secret sometimes i think about the nature of you. identity bye um,
0: <laughs> 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 well what is there anything you would like to tell me because i do want to get into it oh
1: my gosh Well, thank God we have time, but I honestly feel like I have to get ahead of this before the media catches on and it comes out because I was searching back for something I never told anyone. And I realized I it's so this happened when I was 15. Okay. And I, I didn't never tell anyone because it's, uh, horrible uh-huh. but it is societally.
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> that's
1: why I need to get ahead of it. I guess bottom line is I have like a Scar Joe role, basically. Role? Yeah, you know how Scarlett Johansson's getting flack for? They cast her in Ghost in the Shell as woman. Then they just cast her in Rub and sure, Tug, she, I think is, it's called, as a trans woman. top
0: uh, box office Asian actress. So
1: appropriation <laughs> is what we're getting at. I played... A Mexican character named Ernesto Okay. in the very first play I was ever in that wasn't a school play that I like got money to be in. Uh, I played Ernesto Hernandez and spoke in a broad Mexican accent Whoa. and wore brown face and black dyed hair.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And looking back, I'm like deeply ashamed. And then what's interesting is interesting or extra horrible is the reason I've never told anyone about it because I feel like it would have come up in conversation. Cause people talk about their shows and crazy shit. They did. Sure. Um, was that that was arguably also how I lost my virginity. Was that that show? Arguably. In um, character. No. Cause there was <laughs> this 18 year old girl on the cast who, depending on how you look at it, I we either hooked up or she took advantage of me because it's technically oh, okay. statutory rape, but oh wow, that's why I never told anyone
0: because it's tied up in something. Else. It's
1: tied up in something like deeply sexually embarrassing, and then that was before I met the girl who I eventually married and I'm never going to tell her cause I was trying to cultivate the persona the time, of the perfect sure. marriage. Um, well, uh, were yeah. you
0: into this girl or she, she took advantage of your age, I guess mm, because you were younger.
1: I mean, I'm not trying to say that like I didn't feel overwhelmingly, I felt very confused, sure. but I don't think it's something that's like traumatized me or left PTSD, but I guess I'm just pointing out that 18 and 15 is technically not yeah, okay. Yeah, that's not and, uh, technically, yeah. And uh, yeah, so the show's called Flaming Idiots and i looked it up oh it's boy. A, it's your classic <laughs> stupid dinner theater it's so bad uh-huh. with the main characters like hey we should never quit the post office well we're going to make a million dollars running this restaurant now that we've hired ernesto yes let's sign this 10 year lease i'm signing it now like uh-huh. that's the dialogue level we're talking and uh this was at a dinner theater in julian california do you know julian i don't nice it's place the Bay area a May- no 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 uh Around, like, Ramona, northern San Diego County, oh, basically. Okay. Uh, there's a great... There's, like... They're really known for their apple pie and cider, which is excellent. Uh-huh. And then after this, they'll be known for <laughs> statutory rape and cultural oh, appropriation. <laughs> but... Uh, so there's this shitty show you can get. High sc- I looked it up online today to see what, how, what's the status. <laughs> high schools do it. You know, you, like, rent sure, it for your, like, to freshmen do. to do. Yeah. Uh, and what's crazy to me is the character Ernesto is described as a Norwegian guy. Whoa. And the director changed the last name and made it a Mexican caricature.
0: Was the director a person of color?
1: The director was Mexican. Huh. So I. this is also complicated. I. Who am I to say? Does that make it okay? Oh, wow. That so he told me to put on brown face and dye my hair? And I'm like, whatever. I'm just happy to be <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in situations where it's a high school kid, I don't fault the kid. I mean, it's obviously... It's good now in hindsight, you can see sure. what it what that's all why that's problematic, but the director being Mexican, I don't know if it was a predominantly white area.
1: Julie and I would say is predominantly white, but has a sizable Hispanic minority because
0: I can also see a world where the director wanted like was like this is a cool opportunity for me to like infuse this play with my life for a little bit and then but then also, I know we weren't having these conversations as much right. as we are now about appropriation. I could see him also not trying to throw anyone uh, under heat and just being like, Oh cool. Well uh, there's, there's no Mexican Mexican actors in this thing. So I guess this white guy will play my Mexican character. (laughs) I
1: guess I just feel like, yeah, as time has moved on, there's still a lot of dialogue to be had and everything is like no group of people is monolithic. So you really have to have an open heart and get to know people on an individual level and how they want to be treated. But 99 or more percent of people know (laughs) now that if you're putting brown Brown or black makeup on your face yeah you should like question what's going on
0: for sure it's gone too far so (laughs) i've got a little confession on top of that which is because i never thought of this as brown face but now i'm like i think it and it is is i was in a production of west side story Mm. like a child children's theater musical and um i was a shark And they had us wear a foundation that was a little darker. It wasn't like full on, but it was like, they were like, wear a foundation that's a little darker than your face. And I think that is brown face. true to the source. I think it's brown face. I mean, but they weren't, they didn't have us like, I'm like, I don't think we did accents. It was definitely a diverse cast on both sides, but the Jets tended to be like the white girl, the blonde girls, because that's what they are. Right. Okay. So then everyone else kind of ended up in the sharks. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also tricky because I think with children's theater, you don't, you do kind of blindly cast more often, so then what happens mm-hmm. is like, do you only blindly cast the Jets and then only like do you know what I mean? Casting is an so excuse. My girlfriend's a
1: social worker, so she's really keyed into issues of race and ethnicity. And the thing of casting is so interesting because yeah. you can talk about voice actors who, oh will gosh, do that's the whole thing, every race because they do 50 voices, and then casting because like cross casting can also be very empowering, right? Like, you can have an all female cast of something like death of a salesman or something and be like, that's cool and interesting. And because of the set design and attendant things they did, I draw a new meaning from it. Yeah. But then if you do like, I don't know, Porgy and best and everyone's white, you're like, what are you doing guys? I think (laughs) attention
0: is for sure really important because yeah, I mean like if a, if you go to predominantly white school in the Midwest and Mm -hmm. you guys want to do West side story, I mean, I don't know. This is tricky because it's like, could you pick a better a play that but also at the same time like you're learning how to act you're learning this is a sure. classic musical like I don't know the answer Once in my mind you're a
1: jet you're a jet don't you know
0: like I'm inclined <laughs> to say that a high school can do West Side Story even if the even if the make genetic makeup of the whatever like school is predominantly white and you know you're not going to end up having a half and half cast
1: yes but, but should they do makeup probably and probably not but c- yeah. well
0: i think west side story itself has probably now been proven like the yeah. the songs are problematic sure um but it's a great musical, and, and it's a
1: power structure thing, and everything's individual. And it has like a
0: message about class. So I think yeah. intention matters. If the if the intention was, and there are places like this, so this is why I guess tricky because with the internet we don't always know the intention. If the intention is like, haha, let's kind of make fun, and it'll be a funny way for mm-hmm. us to like play pretend and be poor like you see that's not frat great party for exactly yeah <laughs> like when they i think they did like a compton cookout
1: three or four times yeah and it's my like, alma mater oh and they God. keep getting busted for blackface parties right
0: and you're like this is the intention here is clearly to yes. fun and you're not inclusive but of the the message is like hey this is a very homogenous area but we want to bring in new voices and mm. um educate i think there's something about that yeah, but I, I'm definitely I lean more towards a side of like let artists make mistakes. But um, I know that doesn't tend to be the public opinion. <laughs> it's hard. Like that. Did you see that news about the girl who wore a Chinese prom dress or Chinese cheap to prom? No, there was. So she it might have been homecoming, but she was in a predominantly white area. She was like, looks mm-hmm. very all American white. Right. Actually, that's another thing I want to stop saying is all American as a euphemism. for Sure. White. Yeah, I think it gets used in casting a that's lot. true. Yeah um because we can be american too mm. but she looked like <laughs> margaret uh, Cho proved exactly it shell, yeah. she, but she looked like she was white a blonde girl or she looked white and she wore a chipa which is like a traditional mm. chinese dress to her homecoming and she got a lot of flack online and okay. people were like this is appropriation but i don't think it was i mean i think it's definitely like not just black and white like is there a world of people who take on like fashion that they like but aren't giving back to the community sure but like Mm -hmm. in this case she seemed like someone who just really liked the dress and was fond of chinese culture and was like i want to wear this dress and it's a style
1: it's crazy hard to parse it's also not a difference between appreciation and appropriation is very fuzzy because then like you're probably not cool with rachel dolezal though right no i'm not (laughs) but i'll say
0: this rachel going so far as a take on and lying about her culture is like insane this girl was not like i'm chinese Also, I think what happens is a lot of people saw that and thought, and this is also like uh, kind of weirdly backfiring on the Mm -hmm. people who thought they were speaking out for social justice, didn't understand Chinese culture because they thought, oh, she's taking this like sacred dress. And it's like, it's just actually just a style. They're like, it's just
1: fashionable. Literally, yeah.
0: yeah, (laughs) it, It does obviously go back to historically people wore it, but it's a style that people wear to weddings and parties and it's like not did you hear in
1: china chinese girl wore one of those big dog t-shirts and was like that's the most sacred american tradition (laughs) no fear shoes what are you doing
0: yeah so i think it's about (laughs) understanding yeah because it's like why can't like if i dress up in like uh you know wear pearls and a j crew cardigan am i appropriating right obviously not no but i think fashion gets tricky because fashion is all about borrowing a little bit yes And uh, and yeah, I think as long as we're appreciating and understanding and continuing the conversation, I think there is a world for us to appreciate
1: and just get to know someone enough to tell if they're like coming from a place of love or hate. Yeah. And if it's love, you can be like, oh, you offended me by doing this, but it was probably a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) And I
0: think there's always going to be a little bit of resentment until we achieve full equality, because just by nature of the dynamic, like the white people if i mean not all white people but overall a lot of white people still are like the you know privileged Mm -hmm. group and so by default if they're even interested in something from a group that's underprivileged and they take that but you see them not helping of course because you're like oh i'm now upset about my station in life
1: i mean i'm a white rapper so i've thought about this a lot wait are you really oh yeah i've been rapping for like nine years yeah
0: Okay, whoa, whoa, tell me more about that. I, I, really? I feel like I've heard oh, no. joke, um, joke raps, but it's uh, you're also like out there No, battling, yeah, I've done or? a bunch
1: of live shows, and we're about to drop some singles on Small <gasps> Beans for the first time, yeah. So I have yet, because I don't know a ton of musicians, so this is the first time stuff's going to come out is in the next two months. But I've been rapping. I've got like 50 raps that are mine that I've written that I would consider yeah. quote unquote serious okay. that I didn't write for cracks. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And I do live shows sometimes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's funny. Cause people do joke about like white rapper is like a thing people say as a joke, it's but like I weird out
1: rap. Yeah, yeah. But it's
0: also, <laughs> um, well no, cause weird out rap is like parody rap. Right. I'm thinking when I think white rapper, I think like Eminem, like mm-hmm. kind of like in that, in the culture of hip hop.
1: Yes. And that was a big journey for me. Gratefully it happened quickly because um, like it really bothers me about Lil Dicky especially mm. that he raps in what I would call black voices black affectation and then and in interviews he just talks Chris like Brown this like book. hi I'm oh, just yeah. this guy in interviews <laughs> but now I'm gonna rap dog and it's like uh it just whatever you can like love Lil Dicky that's fine but for me it quickly became important to not be copying a culture that because I didn't grow up listening to a ton of rap, I came to it through poetry
0: uh-huh. and loving writing That's a lot of, uh, even a lot performing. of black artists are oh, coming from Oh, of course, of course. Poetry. People overlook that because they think, like, with popular culture, you're like, it ends up being this, like, oh, it's all about gangster rap or whatever. But I think so much of the lyrics in even gangster rap are very, Definitely. like, like well-written in, like, artistry. Um, oh, yeah, it's, and I've, it's I've all, dug into it A in lot of it then. comes from poetry and slam poetry. Of like, course. I don't mean to minimize word. that. Yeah. I
1: just mean that... I was ripping off sure, sure, rap yeah, for like came. the first three I wrote. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then realized like this is awful <laughs> and really worked on developing the ability to write in like a voice that I would write in if I were uh-huh. writing a column or a novel or anything. And yeah, that's been really gratifying.
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think this is a big conversation about appropriation and appreciation, <laughs> but no, because I really do think like, it's like I, like, I try to think on an individual level, like, does this bother me or whatever? Right. I mean, like, and then you have to be careful not to fold in too much into it because, like, if I get bothered by someone uh, appreciating Chinese culture, like, am I bothered because I feel like I d- I'm not represented? Like, is that mm. a different issue? Like, it's related, but it's different, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't think we can fix them all at once. So. Yeah. It, it, i don't know there's a weird transitional like now with crazy rich asians out it's like very exciting mm. that there's an all-asian cast that's in a mi- top of the box movie. office right now yeah. sure but then you also there there's gonna be a, i can already see a transitional period where it's like becomes trendy to do it maybe <laughs> and that is good in the long run because that's what we want we also wouldn't want them to just be like great we did one no more for 10 years or whatever right right so, so it's like what do we want but are we gonna end up being is the Asian community going to end up being unhappy with certain people trying to capitalize? Probably. I can Definitely. see that for sure. There's going to be some mistakes made. that's what happens made. with waves
1: where like some yeah. people are genuine and some people are shallow Hollywood people yep. who are trying to cash <laughs> in on it. Yeah.
0: There's for sure going to be mistakes made. It's going right. to be messy. But also, if we do nothing, then nothing changes.
1: Agreed. Yeah, impossible to parse. And that's why I think you're right. You have to take everything on a case-by-case basis. And, of course, people are right when they say there's an impulse right now because it's become trendy to care about social issues, that it overlaps. Mm-hmm. People really care about social issues and also have the human impulse to gain status by calling someone on something and like get an SJW point or whatever. Um, it overlaps and it's impossible to like disentangle, I think. But I agree with you that I'd like much rather be moving f- towards a more equitable society and some people be phonies. Mm-hmm. Than I feel like the other side is usually saying like, no phonies, even if that means we all fucking kill each other. <laughs> and I like if I hate you, yeah. I want to fucking say I hate you. And I don't. I believe that we can like speak to the better angels of our natures and yeah, get better.
0: True. Um. Uh. I just thought of another time I wore costume that's probably problematic. Is I I was Tiger Lily in se- my senior year of high school for homecoming. Like our theme was Peter Pan. Okay. And I'm like, oh, now I know that's wrong and you're not supposed to dress up like a Native American. Mm. But then I'm like, I think about, I'm like, was, it probably was still wrong then, but I was pretty young and I'm not excusing it. But I remember also, this is why it's a dual natured issue. I remember thinking like, who do I relate to in Peter Pan the most? and i related to the brown character sure because she, i was not white or i wasn't like tinkerbell or wendy so i was like oh cool perfect for me right. so in a way i'm like this is two issues because definitely don't appropriate it diminishes the but culture down to a representation costume
1: representation and but yeah, yeah. exactly
0: because then it's like on the other hand i'm like but who do i dress up <laughs> that's why
1: it's like i like choke up when i see pictures online of Little kids dressing as Black Panther on Halloween because it's oh, like yeah. they finally have a fucking character a that looks like them that they can dress as that is everywhere. That's yeah. like a billion dollar movie that everyone's talking about. It's great.
0: On the note of kids though, I kind of feel like kids get a little bit more leeway because of now course. that Black Panther is so big, I think it's like little white kids might also going to see some white Black Panthers. Up. But and I'm
1: just saying before that, Blankets had to decide, like, well, should I be Wolverine? I guess, and just pretend like it's fine, because of course cross casting's fine, (laughs) but it's still got to be nice to see it be like he looks like me, and it's rooted in
0: like a a, like an African culture, right? So that's really nice too, because it's not just it's also fine to do the kind of CW diverse casting (laughs) where everyone's just some like uh, ambiguous like it's not really white, but ambiguous like uh soap opera background but they sure. look different but it's nice to have a character that's it's about their it's like their identity is also tied to th- yeah the story, the you know
1: i liked uh, for that do you remember the real ghostbusters cartoon
0: mm, i don't think i ever watched
1: it one but... white character one asian character <laughs> one black character and one character in a wheelchair was the main cast oh okay <laughs> so that's
0: great but that's like, I uh, also think like with, like, Victoria that's Secret. like the
1: PBS thing where you're like, we like, randomly hmm. put an algorithm like, of things together. Happened. Yeah,
0: because yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's not actually a representative of the demographic of the world. If we were actually representative, it would just be all the time. You'd see characters that were all different, not just like one, 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 one.
1: True, but they if it was representative of America, at least, I feel like they'd still often be segregated, like self-segregated, because that's a whole other issue. Oh, yeah. Like if you
0: just saw a cast that didn't mention it, but it was like six people all in wheelchairs, you'd be like, this also feels... That's what I
1: mean, which is fucking... That's the craziest thing about organizing by race, is it's as random as (laughs) height, foot size. Like it's so arbitrary. it should be that random. And yet if you saw a show where everyone's diverse, you're like someone better mention the diversity (laughs) and it's like, why does someone have to mention like, Hey, we're all different heights. Isn't that interesting? I (laughs) I thought about the
0: same thing except with left and right handed people. Yeah. because I'm
1: sinister. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. Cause it's like, (laughs) I think that's true. And I think it is an obsession America has. I don't think it's, people are that obsessed with it outside of America, but someone was talking to me from Europe about it and they're like, yeah, it's weird how you guys notice it for everything. Like we don't, think that much about it to the
1: point where writers and i'm sure you can back me up like yeah you have to mention it or like explain why these people are friends it's bizarre yeah
0: but then like you wouldn't yeah you wouldn't mention it if it was a left-handed or right-handed or or, uh, even like um sun signs but in jumanji
1: they have to set up like why would this (laughs) black football player be friends with this like middle eastern kid that's weird yeah
0: (laughs) so funny yeah well uh, we're starting to get hopefully to a point where it's going to feel less like noticeable but i think it's mm-hmm. it's a, oh this happened too when i was um actually i'm curious what you think about this because we we're talking about black panther and kids dressing up like how would you feel how do you feel about like disney princesses like like a little white girl wanting to dress up as moana
1: oh god don't ask me okay. that well I, no no no, you, I, no would, I don't
0: mean to put you on the spot because yeah, i kind of feel i'll start with well, how i feel i think I,
1: it's a tough answer because i want little kids to imagine outside the box and not care about race if that's possible for them. But also at the same time, I feel like I've learned in recent history from my bubble of privilege Mm -hmm. with the help of other people checking me and like teaching me out of their generosity (laughs) that when it was really easy. And this is what I thought when I was a little kid in like the early nineties. And I think even a lot of adults at the time, it was okay to say not that's been resolved, but or the racism issue in America, but um, I'm colorblind, uh-huh. was considered good. That's the good thing to be, Just sure. I don't see race. And I do see where that comes from, because philosophically, abstractly, that should be where we get to. Well, if it but was I'd true, spent,
0: but people then go behind their back, like communities are still being discriminated but against. But it's
1: so. been pointed out to me repeatedly and emphatically <laughs> and with statistics right? that if it's not true... You have to recognize that it's not true (laughs) until it is true. You can't just like wipe your hands and be like, well, I'm not racist. Society's done. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it is like very frustrating because I do think it's also different in coastal cities, like big cities where I've lived, like New York and L.A., because Mm -hmm. I think we're so aware. So it would feel weird if like a little girl dressed up as Moana and you're like, you got other options. But like I think in areas like that are predominantly white, where um they're not as aware of it just by nature of not having to deal with it Mm -hmm. i think this and i know i might be like more on the minority of this i feel like a little girl who's a white girl wants to dress up as moana is like a really beautiful thing because it's like finally like we always had to grow up aspiring to be like cinderella and so on and like so cool that she just identifies with this princess and i feel like by pointing it out and that so you can't do it and makes them aware of, like, the difference and, uh, and others, Moana, in a way where it's like, that's actually their princess, and that's not the point. I do think it's good to have those conversations, but this is why I feel like kids are a different subset than adults.
1: I think I totally agree, because if your kid is able to transcend race, like, let them have that <laughs> for as long as they can. Yeah. Yeah, there are systems in place that will make them racist later i
0: know but it is so (laughs) frustrating because it's like i get it like i get that we don't want to just take it all away well i think if i was
1: if it was if it was like a yard party where all the parents are white and all the kids are white and they're all dressed as princesses of color you'd wonder what the how the what the parents (laughs) are thinking but you never want i do i agree that you give the kid the benefit of the doubt that they just like moana
0: yeah, yeah. I wish it was just like we could like, contr- well, you can't control it. You just got to let it go. But it, you got to let it go. That's, That's why I was always the Grim but Reaper yeah. every year.
1: <laughs> well, I'm unusually tall and shy oh, that's and <laughs> grim reaper you can't see their eyes it was oh, great or I that didn't scream mask with the
0: blood i hated that what i did that, did that once the scream
1: like mask i liked anything with the black mesh that i could see out and people couldn't see and in. people couldn't see in oh you, I, would I hated go to those s- i would go to school <laughs> it was honestly an excuse to i didn't have to talk to anyone all day that
0: makes sense i mean i feel like all the funny kids in my class were that and i'd be like who are you what's your name and then they'd just not say anything and it's like i hate this so much let me see your face that's <laughs> the
1: thing people would be like is it you're levi right and Uh i'll just stare at them and inside i'm like this is the least shy i've ever been this is Uh, nice
0: because it's like everyone wants to talk to you and doesn't
1: know who the fuck i am yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i don't think about um race when i was doing costumes because in my mind i'm i'm not like i'm the asian fireman i'm just like i'll (laughs) be a fireman you know yeah Yeah. but (laughs) but i do uh, i mean i don't want to belittle the whole conversation appropriation because i do think obviously i'm a Asian person, so like I think about it differently. Like I maybe oh, get, I, didn't know I get that. to come from. I don't <laughs> see
1: race. So I'm yeah. fully oh evolved. God, no. <laughs> well, it is I, to
0: be fair, I am wearing. Uh, I am dressed in brown brownface, uh, and I told you my name is Ernesto. Right, started, with so a flowing so Chinese <laughs> gown, it's a weird <laughs> um, <laughs> match. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, do you want to play a game? I have a game. Sure. I'm very Always. bad at transitions. As Always. You can tell. Uh, I'm so
1: glad we got all the way through that without discussing the virginity loss the that virginity. happened <laughs> uh, uh, in the wings while the play was going while on. While it was happening, yes.
0: It seems like you want to talk about it. No,
1: we can move on. We're <laughs> low on time. I'd rather play a game.
0: Okay. It uh, probably
1: goes kind of how you'd imagine it would go.
0: I've never. Um, <laughs> I didn't lose my virginity until like senior of college, but I was in a play once in high school where I got felt up behind the wings. I think it's pretty, co- it's weirdly common, but not good. Don't do this. High school kids. But high school kids are so like, so much more sexual too than I feel like their counterparts. Maybe because they're like getting in the characters of these adults. Like, oh, you I don't, mean the
1: drama kids?
0: Yeah. I don't know Sh- what it is. Like, I want
1: to do a whole episode of rough stuff when they let me back. Yeah. Why are they so sexual? Drama was so sexually like, charged. Like all the cast
0: parties were just like people feeling each other up. And totally. I was like, what the heck is going on?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I I just want to dispense (laughs) the three funny facts since I'm never going to speak of this again. Okay. Was speaking of getting felt up, that's how it all started is it was cold and Julian at that time of year and the green room was outside the building. It was like a patio and there's an old, old man there who is a great actor who's very, I'm not going to (laughs) name, but, (laughs) Uh, Morgan Freeman had like a Broadway career and now oh, is wow. in his 80s and was like the prestige actor in the production, right? Oh, cool. And for example, he had just played Don Quixote there uh-huh. in Manila Mancha. So it's him and me and this girl, and I'm rubbing my hands saying my hands are cold. And she just takes my hands and puts them in her bra around her boobs. And the uh, elderly man gets up and is like, I know it it seems exciting, but it's trouble, boy. Like, stay away. And he just walked away. Oh,
0: my God. And
1: later I (laughs) ended up losing my virginity to that girl in the wings in between the part where I go off stage and come back on for the third act. Have never told anyone that. Uh, And then she went home with two firemen that night. Oh, my God. And it broke my heart. (laughs)
0: it sounds like she also had a lot of issues and then of (laughs) course as
1: i grew up because i was only 15 or i wouldn't i was like did i take advantage of her that someone is dealing with some shit obviously
0: no Uh, that's what it's gray area i mean it sounds like she did take advantage of you i think
1: i was young enough that i was like can be forgiven in retrospect but maybe that's wishful thinking
0: Man, that's, uh, that's heavy. I mean, Sorry. it's like funny. No, it's, uh, it's not because like, <laughs> we're clearly in comedy where we talk openly about it. And that, I think that obviously you found healthy ways to t- express mm-hmm. yourself, but yeah, kids just like, man, kids are fucked up. I feel that's like, ha- yeah, you know? man. we used to play this game, especially in mountain,
1: small mountain town kids. They,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, even I grew up in a pretty liberal Bay area town and like our theater class, there was this game that people used to play called the uncomfortable game. I don't know if you guys had a version of this. Literally the rules of the game are just keep touching each other till someone says <gasps> stop. And then the ga- the goal of the game is to not say stop first. So of course Whoa. whenever guys wanted to play like you, just can't, grab win. Your tits. you yeah. can't win. You can't win that game. Yeah. <laughs> you lose if you say stop. You lose if you don't say stop and it was a lot of getting talk like,
1: about Trying to learn consent yeah. as like in a kid growing up—that's so confusing. Well, it's so weird because we a we had girl, the penis game where you yell, oh, penis, you yell penis louder yeah. and louder. Yeah, class, that's more so.
0: titillating. I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> yeah, it is. assault, but no, like but this was just like assault me. Like that's exactly yeah,
1: And uh, guess who invented that game? Some uh. dude. um <laughs> But yeah, drama was—it's too long to talk about everything. But yeah, like before I hit puberty, I was in drama. And the girls that were ahead of the curve or had developed earlier were so sexual, it made me so confused and feel so weird. like would get naked just to do their stretches and then put their tights <gasps> back on. And I'm like, what's going on? Oh, man. My head is <laughs> whirling.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also it doesn't help that I feel like every play or musical has like a prostitute character for no yep. reason. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, well, the world is not full of prostitutes like in the way the theater ex- makes it feel like. I but played
1: a syphilitic prostitute. Yeah, like in what the heck? In a Shakespeare play where there's no, that's not mentioned in the text and they just added a bunch yeah, of syphilitic all, oh, prostitutes. <laughs> really? I was a male syphilitic
0: prostitute. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, well, I'm, there's so much exciting stuff. All right, but let's we, game do, it we, are, we are near the end of this podcast. I know. I talk
1: too much. I'm sorry. No, you
0: don't. You're very open and forthcoming, <laughs> and I love that. This game is all about uh, phobias, because um, we're talking about sort of like being vulnerable and things sure. that we're afraid of. So th- it's pretty straightforward. It's called Phobia Phobic. Okay, basically I th- I thought you might like this cuz you're kind of like a words guy. Mm-hmm. So I just want to see how well you know your words. So I'll just read you a phobia, the name of a phobia, a couple options of what it could be, and then you have to guess.
1: Oh, I'm calling my shot. I'm going to get everyone.
0: Oh, you really know these? I think so. Okay. Cool. Well, that's we'll good. See. I love having experts on the podcast. I'm
1: casually leaning back. You probably all cocky. do know
0: all these then, because <laughs> I didn't know any. But if you are an expert at phobias, all right, there's going to be multiple choice. Then i
1: so. Ex- I've always wanted to be on Jeopardy. This is the closest I'll get.
0: <laughs> so number one, a blutophobia is what there? is a
1: fear of being clean, Alex?
0: <laughs> I didn't even read the. Co- <laughs> okay. Well, so so okay, it's one of the, so you do have it right, but it's okay. A fear of taking a bath. So that's. Oh. B, fear of blowing your nose. C, fear of getting lost in Aladdin's chiseled abs. So I forgot it was multiple so, choice. Yeah, multiple choice. So, so you're going to go with <laughs> A, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yes, you are correct. All right. So so wait till the, the choices. C, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: if it was Jeopardy, I would have lost $2,000 just now. Oh, if you
0: wait. Oh, because you got Buzzed early. in early. You can't and do there that. There uh, All right. Number two, nomophobia. Is this A, fear of fruits that grow on vines, B, fear of not having cell phone service, or C, fear of having mo' money, mo' problems?
1: Oh my goodness! I might not know this one, Ooh, and one of the options isn't fear of gnomes, so I can't make <laughs> a funny guess.
0: I'll give you a hint. It's you probably don't know it because it's a newer one.
1: Cell phone, then that's cell correct. phone reception. Okay, correct. <laughs> I would call that roamingophobia. <laughs> uh,
0: hey yo, okay, number three. I wouldn't
1: have gotten that. So it's hard. I mean, it's yeah. a new thing. It's yeah. like weird. That's how you that got, got me. It's a new afraid. one. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> a new one. It's a no, an, a brainer. Um. Number three, chatophobia. Is this A, fear of losing your hair, B, fear of sharp edges, or C, fear of complicated Starbucks orders?
1: Sharp edges.
0: Uh, Nope. It's actually fear of loose hair. No. Loose hair on other people or yourself.
1: My cocky demeanor is dropping through the floor.
0: But that's pretty close. Yeah. So I don't know. You don't know as much about phobias. I don't. And that's what I fear most of all. That's what you fear the (laughs) most. All right, here's the final one. Let's see if you can get this one. Number 4, philophobia. Is this A, fear of falling? <laughs> I know. B, fear of falling in love, or C, fear of Phil Collins drum fills filling your heart with emotion?
1: Ooh. <laughs> I want to say C, but I believe it's B. What You're is
0: correct. the fear of
1: falling in love? That is
0: correct. Oh man, yeah. you really knew that when I saw your face light up.
1: <laughs> uh, do you know calrophobia?
0: Uh, fear of collars? Blue collars. Clowns. Clown. Oh. And I
1: think a lot of people should know it because it's very common. Colorophobia. And then my favorite one's triskaidekaphobia, fear of the number Triscuits? 13. Oh, I like that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: There's one that's like fear of little holes. <laughs> Just like things with holes in them. Well, it's funny. I think any,
1: anyone can put... <laughs> Because you'll trip? I get Maybe. it. Maybe.
0: No, no, I think it's like the... <laughs> oh, I thought you were joking. No, oh, no. no. <laughs> I think it's real. It's a fear
1: of tripping over your holes in the ground. Tryptophobia. Lo- <laughs> <I tripping, yeah.
0: laughs> yeah. A lot of these are really dumb sounding.
1: I think it's because people can just take like Greek and Latin prefixes <laughs> and slap <laughs> phobia on it. Sure. Like, does anyone have a fear of little holes? Yeah. I don't mean to minimize it that, if they um, do,
0: but... It is. It's a, it's a thing. It's like the um like sponges or things with like wh- a lot of holes in them. People get freaked out. It makes them feel weird. I don't know why. It's kind of funny to me.
1: The struggle is real.
0: Yeah. So if you see I my face, it's like full of freckles. You'd probably freak the fuck if out. If you
1: have issues with that, man, you're not, the, the world's <laughs> gonna chew you up and spit you out. I'll tell you what. I have a deep fear of my fingernails scratching an ice cube. Oh. It freaks me out. The have good you ever thing done you don't that? Have to do that I'm obsessed much. with. I always have the urge to do it, and I hate doing oh, it. Oh, so
0: it's like a fear of yourself, really.
1: It's like an OCD weird it's thing. That. Yeah.
0: fear of what you're capable of. Oh, have you ever done it? It's awful. I've never. It
1: gives you shivers. Don't Don't do it. I don't
0: (laughs) want to, no. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, Here in Teresa's apartment, (laughs) the address of which is. (laughs) Leap, 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 no. (laughs) Uh, I run another podcasting network called Small Beans that you can find on Patreon or Instagram at Small Beans Comedy. I am on Twitter. Uh, I also post a lot of Small Beans news at Swaim underscore C-O-R-P.
0: Yeah, follow him on Twitter, and you can follow this podcast on Instagram at Tell Me Anything or uh, join our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Tell Me Anything Pod. Just for a dollar, you can be a member. Thanks for coming on the show, Michael. Thank you so much. It's Goodbye. delightful.